What is happening, people of the interwebs? I got a question for you. What does Christian character look like? Like, real Christian character, what does it look like? Well, if you don't know, we're going to look in the Bible and hear from the man himself, Jesus, tell us what biblical character looks like. Let's go. is happening people of the interwebs welcome back to the jesus and coffee show i'm todd frazier your host as always and i'm glad to be back with you i'm glad to be getting in here doing an episode getting into scripture because as we've been talking about uh one of the most important things that we can do right now is get in scripture and we are in our series going through matthew the first four books of matthew chapters one two three books chapters excuse me uh, of of matthew chapters one two three and four we read through the entire uh chapter itself and then we pulled a few things out well chapter five we are getting into uh some really exciting stuff it is jesus teaching we actually chapter five is where the sermon on the mount starts uh, if you're not familiar it is one of the largest teachings that we have of Jesus in scripture. And uh, it starts with the Beatitudes, which you probably heard of before. And we're going to start with that today, but we're going to take it uh, and we're going to break it apart a little bit. We're going to talk, we're just going to go chapter one through chapter 16 and kind of dig into that because the thing that it tells us, it talks about what Christian character looks like, what biblical character looks like. Jesus is coming to um, the Jews and saying, hey, this is what your character should look like. This is what you should be focused on, not all these other things that you're focused on. Because he came to save, uh, to save the world, and so he's laying it out in his in scripture, one of the first recorded uh, teachings that he gives. So we're going to get into that. Uh, but before we get into today's uh, scripture itself, I, I have another question for you. I mean, I, I started with a question, so why not add another question? Uh, when was the last time you were at our website? jesusandcoffeeshow.com. jesusandcoffeeshow.com is where all of the uh, connections to everything that we've got going on is. You can go there. You can get connected to us on YouTube, on Spotify, on uh, Apple iTunes, Facebook, wherever you want to check us out. You uh, can also download our app. If you go to up at the top, you can click the app and it takes you to our brand new Jesus and Coffee app where you can get all the shows. You can watch, you can listen, you can create small groups, you can do studies together. You can comment, message. It's a, it's a really great platform. We're really excited about it. We've got some content from some great teachers and a lot more coming. So make sure if you haven't downloaded that yet, you go do that. You can go to uh, the website or you can just go to the Google store or the Apple uh, app store and you can just search Jesus and coffee and it should come right up there. It is the app that looks, you know, it looks like that. So uh, then beyond that, you can also shop. You can get your Jesus and coffee mugs, shirts, hats, team Jesus stuff, Really, anything Jesus and Coffee related that your you your heart would desire is there at jesusandcoffeeshow.com slash shop. Uh, and then lastly, if you could if you would like to donate to help support the show and the app, we would really appreciate that. Uh, we are um, a ministry of Funded Kingdom, which is a 501c3, so all your donations are tax deductible. You can choose monthly donations, annual donations, one time. It's totally up to you. And uh, more than anything, we just appreciate you being here, being a part of the show and sharing this out and telling all of your friends and family, hey, go check out the Jesus and Coffee Show because uh, biblical character is pretty important and they talked about it on the most recent episode. So without further ado, uh, let's get into the scripture today. So we are going to be in Matthew 5 
And we're going to be going through uh, verses 1 through 16, which is the Beatitudes. And then there's another section uh, talking about being the salt of the world. You may have gone through this before, but I think it's a good reminder for us at any time, but especially with everything that's going on around us right now. I think this is really important to kind of look at what should our character be, especially in difficult times, especially when we're pushed to our limits, when we're angry or we're frustrated or we're reacting in a way that you're like, I don't think I should react this way. We need to be filled with scripture and filled with the spirit to be able to respond accordingly and how Jesus would want us to respond in these situations. So we are starting with Matthew 5, chapter 1. Now the end of chapter 4, let's just do a a quick recap. Um, Jesus started healing and teaching after John the Baptist um, out in the wilderness, baptized him, and then Jesus began his ministry. He called his first disciples. um, And now we're catching up where he's actually going to get on um, get in front of a crowd, and he's actually going to do some teaching. So I don't know about you, but I feel like this this calls for a little bit of uh, a little bit of a soundtrack. We need some some music behind us. So let me see if I can get see if this uh, gives us a little bit of a. Okay, there we go. I, I'm hearing that. You guys got that? Just a little bit of a little bit of something behind this as we as we read through this. Um, so he's he's out there. He's, he's called a few of his disciples. He's been baptized by John. And now we're going to get into his first teaching, Sermon on the Mount, starting with the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. We're just going to read through it, and then we're going to get into it a little bit deeper. All right. Verse 1. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, How can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Wow. I don't know about you, but just reading that, I just I just feel convicted about what Jesus is calling us to, what God wants us to be, the character that he's asking us to have. Um it it's so much greater than the things that we focus on. It's so much more I mean, obviously more important, but it's so much more impactful when you look at this. So let's let's just kind of go through this and break this down a little bit. Now, uh, 
at the beginning here. Now, Jesus saw the crowds. He went up on a mountainside and sat down. Now, there's there's some commentary about this, the sitting down thing. It's just kind of interesting that typically in um, in those days, the teacher would sit rather than stand. Like what we're used to now, or at least what I'm used to when I go to church, is uh, the congregation is sitting and the teacher, the pastor, is standing and actually up on a stage. So he's even elevated uh, physically above a lot of the the people, which is an interesting switch because in those days, the teacher would sit down and everyone would stand around him, which I think is a little interesting just from a practical standpoint. It's harder to see him when he's sitting down, but it also causes you to uh, pay more attention, I would guess. Um, so he sits down and he says, all right, I'm ready to teach you guys. I'm let's, let's teach the crowd. And he starts with the first one, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, the poor in spirit, uh, when you actually, so I'm using this thing called Logos. This is just kind of a side note for you guys. Logos.com um, is a, it's a web app, but it's got all kinds of uh, scripture references. It's got this uh, Faith Life Study Bible that you can get. It's got references and it, it links all the way through. You can get different, you've know, got the NIV here, the NASB, the ASV, um, and several different other uh, translations that you can use. Um, but you you actually get to purchase them so that they're yours. And anyways, it's it's a big it, it's a it's a big whole thing. But the thing I love about this is I can go like, okay, blessed are the poor in spirit. So what does that mean? What does poor in spirit mean? Because I always always thought this sounds really great and heavy. But what does that actually what does it actually mean? So let's we can go right here and you can highlight one word or you can do a phrase and you can say you know what? let's study that and then it's going to bring it up over here in this passage guide. And I can hit, okay, let's go Faith Life Study Bible. What does it say about poor in spirit? So right here, poor in spirit refers to those in Jesus' day who recognized and bear their desperate plight and who long for God's restoration through the Messiah. Those who recognize their sin, those who repent, turn from their sin, because in in actually in chapter 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 17, for, for that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent. When I think of poor in spirit, people that recognize that, how does it say it over here? How does it say it? Where's the, uh, where'd it go? I'm moving around here. Uh, refers to those in Jesus' day who recognize and bear their desperate plight and who long for God's restoration through the Messiah. That, to me, that sounds a lot like repent. Like the, the repentant, the ones that realize, you know what, I am, I, I'm, I recognize that we've got a problem. I've got a problem, and the only thing that can solve it is Jesus in that scenario. So blessed are the poor in spirit. And and then it says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Not just blessed are the poor in spirit because they're going to be all right, but theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If we if we forget, which I do all the time, that. The ultimate end to this life is eternity. And when we're looking at it through a biblical lens, through Jesus' eyes, the eternity that he wants us to have, that God wants us to have, is eternity with him. And for those who believe and live a life that the Bible asks us to live as much as we can because we can't, we're sinful, we make mistakes all the time, the reward is heaven and eternity. And and here in verse three, right here, he starts off with, bang, blessed are the poor in spirit for there's the kingdom of heaven. Like that's, that's pretty, that's pretty good. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be I, I think that sounds like a good thing to to uh, recognize and bear the desperate plight that the Messiah is the answer. Verse four, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. All right, what is what does it mean when it says mourn? And actually, I can probably even go right here to the uh, Faith Life Study Bible, where it talks about those who mourn could refer uh, in this uh, in this study Bible here could refer to those who mourn for Israel and for their plight within its present condition. Alternatively, it could refer it refer to those who mourn over their personal sin. Again, repentance. The recognition that, hey, I'm a sinner. Romans talks about we are all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. Recognition, humility, saying I'm not good enough. I can't do it on my own. Mourn over their personal sin or the currently enduring difficult times. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. And I think I'm just going to stay right here in the, in the Faith Life Study Bible uh, because they will be comforted. Blessed are the ones who mourn because they will be comforted. Meaning, uh, when it's when it's all over, whenever that may be, it may not be in this life, but we're going to be comforted because we put our faith in the creator of this universe. Blessed are the meek. Again, talking about being humble. This entire first um, three verses, three, four, and five, it's all about humility. It's all about saying, I recognize that uh, I'm hopeless on my own. I recognize that I am sinful and I need a savior. And and I am humbling myself to say, I'm not going to do it on my own. I'm humbling. How many of you have humbled yourself to say, I can't do it on my own? I know I struggle with trying to do stuff on my own all the time. All the time, every day. I'm like, I'm going to do this. Well, I'm going to be the one that's taking the action. But ultimately, the result, that's, that's up to God. That's 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 Jesus's wheelhouse. And we try and get in Jesus's wheelhouse too much, I think. Humility is huge. And then 6. The, verse 6 to me is something that I think we have lost sight of as Christians, uh as humans in general and and specifically as Christians though. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's a pretty tall order. I'm going to highlight that guy. Do you hunger and thirst for righteousness? Do you, when I when I think about being hungry and thirsty, especially I've got I've got kids and my son specifically, um, just like when I was was a thirteen year old boy, I was hungry all the time. <laughs> I'm hungry all the time, or I'm thirsty. I just I need I need something. I need a snack. I'm in the kitchen. I'm around. I'm hungry. I'm hungry and I'm thirsty all the time for food that you know realistically I. I I didn't need it, but I was hungry for it. I was hungry for it and I was thirsty and, and I would go and I would I would try and get it. If we apply that same hunger and thirst for righteousness, when it says righteousness here, what, what word is it talking about? Let's look that up. Uh, study that word. Righteousness, translation, uh, it is talking about in Matthew 21, 32, the way of righteousness, uh, fulfill all righteousness, it it is it is basically it's the right way it's the it's it's the way god wants us to go the way god wants us to live the way that the bible tells us to respond to situations to to be focused on in our life do you hunger and thirst for righteousness i think there's a lot of us um 
that run away from righteousness because in, in, in the world's eyes, in our culture, righteousness isn't cool. Moral uprightness is what it says, a metaphor for moral uprightness. That is a tall order to have moral uprightness these days because it's, it, it's not mainstream. You're going against, you're going against the current. You're doing what's morally correct, what the Bible says you should do. You know, that that's 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 a kind of a big thing. And for us to hunger and thirst for it, I, I don't do that naturally. I don't know about you guys. I don't do that naturally. I don't hunger and thirst for righteous naturally. I need to work on that. I need to think about hungering and thirsting for righteousness. What does that look like? For they will be filled. If you're if you're going after righteousness, if your if your appetite won't be satisfied until you find righteousness that we can't get on our own. Remember the first three verses are about humility and not not having our own power to do it, but knowing that through Christ we can have it. Through Christ we can have righteousness. That's why he came. They will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Oh boy, here's a big one these days. How many times have you shown mercy to somebody that screwed up, made a mistake, made a typo on social media, and you're just all over them? Merciful, you extend mercy. You give grace. You don't worry about giving people what they quote-unquote deserve in your eyes. I don't. I need to be merciful. We need to be merciful. This is the character of of a Christian. This is a biblical character that Jesus is telling us right now. Be humble. Be repentant. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, for for moral, for for God's moral uh, compass is what we should be using to guide us. And then be merciful. And then blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. So the pure in heart, this is an interesting one that I was reading about uh, in, uh, in this Faith Life Study Bible. Possibly an allusion to Psalms 18.26. This beatitude uses terminology of ritual purity and cleanliness, cleanness rather, which would have been common in Judaism. So if if you're if you're familiar with the the ceremonial washing that Jesus actually confronts the Pharisees with later in scripture, where you know you you wash your hands, you you clean your outside, but your insides are disgusting. That's what this is talking about. He, he's Jesus is saying, I don't care what your ritualistically cleanliness is, what your outside looks like. It's about the pure of heart. It's the inside that I'm focused on, not the outside. And you guys, Jews and humans, Christians, Americans, you're focused on the outside. Mm-mm, that's not what I'm focused on. It's the inside that matters. And those people will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. How much how much peace have you made today, this week? <laughs> or, or, or have you done the opposite and you stirred up dissension, stirred up frustration, brought a whirlwind of craziness with you? Drama that has filled pages of social media or rooms in your house or whatever. We've got to be peacemakers. This this lays out this character that God wants us to follow. Um, and then these last two, 
Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If you're persecuted because you are following these guidelines of biblical character, you're being humble, you're being repentant, you're thirsting for righteousness, you're being merciful, you're being pure of heart, not worrying about what the the external presentation is, but the internal presentation is. And if you're making peace, and for the people that come against you, that's, I mean, God's going to take care of that, but you're, you're, you're going the right way. If you're, if you're persecuted because of God's righteousness, not our righteousness, again, we can't do it ourselves, then theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he also, he began, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is, it, it's, it's simple, but it's extremely difficult because of our selfish nature and our desire to fit in with culture and, and to be liked by others. But Jesus is saying, you can't focus on that. You got to be thinking about what it is that you're supposed to do. What, where does God want you to be? How does God want you to respond? Who does God want you to be? And what does that character look like? You're humble, you're repentant, you're thirsting for righteousness, you're running after righteousness like a 13-year-old that needs a snack, <laughs> you're, you're showing mercy to others, you're pure in heart, not necessarily externally, internally, you're pure in heart, you're making peace, and then people are going to come after you. Why? Blessed, and then in verse 11, blessed are you when people insult you persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Not because of you, not because of what you're doing, but because of him, because of Jesus. Because they're not thirsting for righteousness. They want the opposite. They want what the world shows, not what God tells us to have. And our reward is in heaven. And then the big question is, okay, that's good. That's that's interesting biblical character. Why? Besides, I don't know, Jesus saying, hey, this is how you should act. Then he follows it up, and that's why I included uh, 13 through 16 in this study today is, uh, you are the salt of the earth. What is salt of the earth? Salt uh, gave flavor to foods. It preserved foods in those days. It was it was something that gave, it, it, it made a difference. You could tell if you've ever had cookies that instead of you put sugar in, you put too much salt, you could tell. You could tell that those were salted cookies, those weren't sugared cookies. And... Uh, it's a it's a very abrupt like ah, and I'm not saying that they're that God's saying make salty cookies. Goodness sake, don't make salty cookies. Make make sweet, wonderful, yummy cookies. But my point is to illustrate the salt is different. The salt stands out. The salt of the earth needs to be different. And then he says, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Did you read through the blessed the uh, the beatitudes and say, man, that doesn't sound like the kind of Christians that we see out on the street? It doesn't sound like me. A lot of that doesn't sound like me. I, I know that I there's the things that I've got to work on. That's how we're set apart. We're called to be holy and set apart. We're called to make a difference. We're called to be different. And a lot of that comes from these character traits, biblical character that Jesus is laying out for us right here. How do we be salt of the earth? How do we be the light of the world? 
A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put a um, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. You know, the song from Sunday school, if you ever went to Sunday school kid, don't uh, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel? No. I'm gonna let that thing shine. You gotta let the light shine. The light, the difference, the salt, the 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 contrast to what is popular in mainstream culture and life and the world and human selfish desires is biblical character. He finishes it in 16 with, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. Did you catch that last part? That they may see your good deeds, it says your good deeds, and glorify who? Not glorify you, glorify your father in heaven. You guys, this is all about lifting up Christ, lifting up the creator, lifting up the God that put us here to have relationship with him and share his love with others. This is, I think this is a, this is a mandate from, and I hate that word, but I think it fits so well here. This is a mandate from Jesus in his first big teaching where he says, Hey, look, Be humble, be repentant, thirst, run after righteousness. Don't just be like, yeah, it'd be good to be to be righteous. Run after it. 13-year-old boy with a snack, remember that. <laughs> be merciful, be pure in heart, be peacemakers. And unfortunately, that means people are going to come after you because you're different, you're salt, you're light, you're different in the world, but that is going to also cause people to look not towards you, but they're going to look towards why is that different? Um, I think I've told this story before, but when Tammy and I, my wife, if you're a new listener, uh, when we were married, young, early married, we were in, in college in Missouri and we worked at a steakhouse um, and with a bunch of college kids. And, you know, if you've been to college, then you know what kind of life college kids typically um, typically live. And we're out there and we're we're we've been Christians for a long time and we're living our lives and and we're a part of 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 this culture that is very worldly focused yet we're we're we act a little bit differently I'm not saying patting ourselves in the back we just act a little differently we went to church on Sundays we uh our language was different we we didn't partake in uh a lot of the party activities we attended parties but we didn't partake in the activity, then people would ask questions. And eventually it got to the point where people were like, hey, what's, what's, why are, I feel like something's different. What's different? And we're like, do you know Jesus? Have you ever read the Bible? And it opens up conversation to say, hey, something's, something's salty. I feel there's, there's a light. That's not our light. That's not, that wasn't me and Tammy. That was the light of Christ. That was, that was Christ using us just in whatever we're doing. And how is Christ going to use you? What is it that God has for you to do as salt and in light in this world? We're called to be different. We're called to be set apart. We're called to be holy. We can't do it on our own. We got to be humble. We got to be repentant. We got to run after it. We can't take months before we we share uh, scripture with people or get into it ourselves. We got to do it now. You guys, 
I don't know. I'm convicted. I need to be better at all of these things. Biblical character is imperative to being a true Christian. At least striving after it, trying to be it. We can't all do it. We can't, we can't get there. We can get there with Christ. We can't do it on our own. Remember that. And when you need a reminder, go back to Matthew 5. Read it. And the next time we're going to get into the next sections of scripture, uh, talking about the law and Jesus and man, there's so much in there. And if you've got if you've got questions about scripture, if you've got things that you're like, man, I wonder about this, get the Logos app, logos.com, L-O-G-O-S.com. You can get all kinds of insight there. The uh, Faith Life Study Bible is free. There's a couple versions that are for free. If you have the Bible app on your phone, use that. Use a physical Bible. I mean, who knew? Physical Bibles still exist. Um, get in the word and then start asking questions. If you have questions, comment below, uh, wherever you're watching this, or if you're listening to this, uh, comment and, and we can get some people in here to answer some questions if I can't, uh, or we'll go through stuff together. You guys, I appreciate you being here. Jesus has something planned for each and every one of us. It's going to be hard. Some of it may be, some of it may be easy and joyful, but it's going to be hard just know that ultimately at the end of all of it the kingdom of heaven is where we're headed as hard as this life may get and we want to bring as many people with us as possible we can't do it on our own we got to be salt we got to be light we got to be humble we got to wait for jesus to use us that's it all right let's pray Lord, thank you so much for this time we have to get in your word and hear from hear from you um, about how we're supposed to live our lives, how what the character is that you want us to have in our lives. I just pray that we would go away from here and that we would remember this, we would take this with us, that we would be humble, that we would we would thirst and hunger for righteousness like a 13-year-old that needs a snack. Lord, and then that we would uh, be merciful and 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 be peacemakers. And Lord, that we would just strive to glorify you in all that we do. You are the reason. And we thank you for this time and this opportunity we have to be in relationship with you and to share it with others. We love you. We thank you and pray this all in your name. Amen. All right, everybody. Drink up. Be blessed. Go check out jesusandcoffeeshow.com. And uh, we will see you in the next episode. Peace. <laughs>